All right, let's go. Welcome to Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving stigma, standards, and system. This podcast is meant to highlight the stories of African-American men and this um, kind of share their stories of how they reach their level of professionalism, success in their life, um, in their work. Um, I am Dwayne Pate, one of the hosts. You have my co-host, Brother E.J. Stewart. Um, this podcast is sponsored by J. Pope and Associates, uh, a mental health organization that's located in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, so if you have any uh, needs via, via mental, you, you want to seek out therapy, we do couples counseling, um, individual counseling, um, anything that you could possibly need, you're in the Baltimore area, feel free to reach out to us. Um, on, on today, we have our guest uh, by name Brother Bruce Holmes, and I'm going to turn it over for, to him so he can share a little bit about his story, um, tell us a little bit background about him, where he's from, um, some, uh, and, and, and just some helpful information so we can get to know him a little bit better. Bruce, right. it's on you. All right, thank you guys for having me. Um, I appreciate you brothers for letting me come on. Um, so my name is Bruce Holmes. I am a native Washingtonian born and raised um, from Southeast DC. Um, I have uh, been in education for the last 15 years. Um, it's my passion. Uh, grew up here at uh, with the DC Public Schools, product of School Without Walls Senior High Schools, one of the best high schools in the city. Um, and uh, from there, uh, I matriculated to um, Virginia State University. Um, so proud alum of uh, V State. Um, and uh, I've been uh, back in this area for uh, since I came out of college and uh, that was in 04 and uh, I've been in education ever since. Um, I've been a teacher. Uh, I currently am a school counselor. I've been a school counselor for a while um, and I'm also a licensed therapist. Uh, so uh, that's my work. That's my passion. That's what I do. Got you, got you. So you say you some what they say south south is a southeast or south? <laughs> <It's> southeast. <laughs> southeast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Got you, got you. So so I mean, what's some of the things that you like some some of the things that you had to experience kind of growing up um that yeah. kind of propelled you into the field of you know education and you know kind of kept you on, you know, the, I guess the the right track to kind of continue on to matriculate through high school and, and go to college and get your um man honestly first off man i was i was blessed man um i have um i have a great family man i have a i come from a strong black mother um who played no games with me mm. um i was from southeast i'm from born and raised in southeast but as she always used to say you're not of southeast right mm. and so i was blessed enough to have like a lot of experiences like for instance um, i'm an eagle scout so uh mom was like nope you know, you're not going to be on the corner. Like we're going to the scouts um, every year. I was in North Carolina. My mother's strong uh, Southern background. Um, but just um, having the foundation in, in picking the right high school, man, I had a lot. I was surrounded by a lot of people who were very much so advocates of education. Um, and at the time, I didn't realize that like education was my thing or was my passion or where I was going to go. I at, at Walls, I felt like I was like the bottom of the totem pole as it related to, to being there. Um, I, I mean, I went to school with people who got full rides to, you know, great schools. My best friend got a full ride to GW University, like just some crazy, amazing stories. 
Um, and so I was one of those kids that really didn't want to go to school. I, I wasn't going to go to school, to be honest with you. Um, it took one time for my mom to go to a parent teacher conference and they say, well, yeah, Bruce is going to school. And she said, who isn't going to school? Like you're going to school. Right. And so I'm, I'm grateful for, um, and then that was the end of the conversation. So I'm grateful for friends who literally took me underneath their wing and said, hey, look, what are you doing today? And I'm like, I'm leaving, I'm going home. It's half day, it's Wednesday. Like, now nah, we're going to apply to school. So I was one of those kids that didn't even apply to school until like March, April, right? Like I, 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 I say, you I, I senior year? Of, of my senior year, yeah, okay, of my senior okay. year. Like March, April, like everyone knows where they're going. They're like, uh -huh. I'm like, uh, can you tell me how to fill out this college application? Um, so I had no idea, like, what I wanted to do, what, what I was going to do. Um, and I, um, I had a teacher um, by the name of Miss Leah Carell who just kind of pulled me to the side and was like, you know, I think you're really good with kids. Um, and I liked how she really believed in me mm -hmm. and saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and just said like, listen, like, I know you're silly. I know you don't think you can't do this, but like, you're really, really good. Um, and that was the push for me to go in education. I went to school on a wing and a prayer. Virginia State was the first school that accepted me back when I was going to school. We only got in-state tuition in Maryland or Virginia schools. I said, oh, I'm going to Virginia State. Uh, I knew nothing about it. I showed up on campus and um, I made the best use of my time, man, and just and, and got it done. What, what has your experience been like um, you know, there are not many males in education overall, and then especially, <laughs> uh, you know, in the counseling field and being a licensed therapist. What what is what is your uh, experience as a black male been in this field over your last fifteen years? It's hard, bro. Uh, it's hard. Um, you're you're constantly beating down the stereotypes um, of being an, an educator and what they, uh, what the perceptions of a, especially a black male educator is. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I remember my, uh, my first year teaching, um, I applied for school in Prince George's County. I taught in PG County public schools and I had a principal come in and basically tell me like, Hey, Mr. Holmes. I said, uh, I was like, I wanted third grade, first grade. I wanted lower kids. She said, no, we need you in fifth. And I said, all right, I'll do this. Um, and throughout the school year, I had trials and tribulations of being a, a first year teacher, 33 kids in the class, just me. Um, I went through it, uh, honestly. Uh, I could tell you some, some, some war stories, um, just the perception alone of what it meant to be a, a teacher. Um, but the one thing that she told me was, I need for you to be like Coach Carter. That was her quote for me. I need for you to be like Coach Carter. And I'm like, I'm not. Coach Carter, I'm not Samuel Jackson. That was a movie, <laughs> although it's based off of a real person, right? Right. And I'm like, the perception is that like, when you, once you're a black male in education, that you're automatically the disciplinarian, you're the authoritative person, like this is who you are. Um, I also taught um, at an all boys school. Uh, and uh, there I taught pre-K, I was a founding teacher of the school. And I remember a parent came up to my then um, supervisor and said, hey, I want to know, um, I have a question. And he says, yeah. He said, um, is, uh, is, is Mr. Holmes gay? Whoa. And, I, and he's like, well, what made you ask that? He's like, because you have him, you know, teaching pre-K. So essentially, like, I have to be a gay wow. man, you know, in order for me to teach pre-K. I, I wow. can't be a heterosexual black man and still teach little kids, right? 
And so like a, a part of that, that stigma, unfortunately, uh, still reverberates in everything that we do. Um, you're fighting against just you when to use your voice, when not to use your voice. Um, you get typecast sometimes as being like the angry black man when you speak up a little bit. Mm. Uh, when you don't speak up, you're you're being passive. So it's just um, it's a it's a tightrope, man. <laughs> to be honest with you, it really is. I, de I definitely uh, can. I know we all can. Mm -hmm. I definitely appreciate you you know sharing that because you know just in a professional space. Um, in today's society, it just seems so difficult, regardless of orientation, regardless of religion, whatever. If you're a black male with an opinion, an idea, yeah. and you say something, I mean, it's like you can't say anything. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that and, you know, how that happened. How, how has the pandemic impacted your your recent um, experience oh man um it's been a lot um on, on on both sides um so on the school counselor side um it's it was a lot uh harder to uh to really engage with kids um i am a school counselor currently at an elementary school um so and this is the first year that they've had a school counselor in about five years um wow. so i had to fight through just trying to for them to understand what a counselor is um, and then fight. Cause then everyone says, Hey, I'm you guys. Like, I, you know, he's a social worker. And I'm like, no, I'm not a social worker. I'm a counselor. Um, but then to add like some level of like uh, just some difference in it. I'm also a licensed therapist. So like, they really don't know how to, you know, who I am. Right. And so it was very difficult just engaging with kids, man. I mean, you're used to, you know, part of, the counseling field, as you guys know, it's about being able to connect. Mm. Um, and it's hard to go into a cold environment where you have a pandemic, where everyone is already used to who they're working with. Then you have kids, then we're trying to take, like learn new technology. So I'm trying to figure out what Teams is, how can I get on this? Then how can I engage kids? And kids don't really understand who I am, what I am. And so the last maybe four months, I've actually had to actually go into the schools, okay. um, into school. And so I was there at least two days a week. Um, and that was kind of like crazy too, because you're putting your life on the line, right? Like you're in the front line of saying like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm really trying to be here for kids, but you're like, what am I doing? Like, why, why, am I, I, why am I sitting in here to kind of like be a babysitter or to cover a class? So that's different. Now, as far as the therapist side, oh, it's been great. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, this pandemic, I, you know, I am, I am recently licensed, uh, you know, I, I, I fought the good fight for many years, uh, just, just to get over that hump, man, and pass mm -hmm. my test, man. So after, you know, try number four, I finally finished. And uh, luckily, you know, I, I had a brother tell me like, hey, man, you know, you, you finished, you got your license. So yeah, he said, man, I believe in you. Come on. Um, and so it's just been very interesting starting up and doing therapy online. Um, I love it. Uh, it's, it's convenient, but I do miss the, con I, I miss being in the space, especially when, um, I mean, I counsel kids and adults, but especially we're working with children. It's, yep. it's, it's harder to reach them via a screen than it is, uh, to connect with adults. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially, you know, I, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the biggest struggles that I have with the whole, uh, virtual, the telehealth piece is that, that, you know, kids' attention are already, you know, they can't <laughs> focus on nothing. <laughs> so for, to try to grab their attention 
for five to 10 minutes just to say, hey, you know, just kind of do a, a general check in mm-hmm. has definitely been a challenge and just trying to manage that, you know, you know, you learn how to get through it, you use the different tools, you play the different games Absolutely. and go through all those different, you know, the, the, the theatrics of therapy. Um, but it's definitely, I definitely agree with you that, that it has been challenging on that part. Now with the Delta clients, it's fine. You yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. got you. So, uh, what, what, uh, what else has, has, have your experience kind of brought you to, as far as like education and like, I know you talked about the Eagle Scouts, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I, you know, when you said that, I don't know too many black people. <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> know one other person. <laughs> if we go be honest, I don't know too many black people that's like an Eagle Scout. Now, Eagle Scout is like the top, right? That's the top. How is you could be? I literally I, know one other person. I, I don't know. So like, what, like, what was that process? Like, uh, now when you tell people, like, do they look at you funny? Like, what's that, what's that kind of? Oh like, man, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're, we're, I'm a, I'm a unicorn out here, man. Uh, we, we don't exist. Uh, I tell you a funny story, man. Um, I remember being in, um, in Baltimore, um, at the Inner Harbor and, uh, I walked up on an old white scout troop and I was like, Hey, you know, you guys are scouts, you know, and I'm pointing to their badge. I'm like, Oh, you're a life scout. You're this, you're this, you're that. I said, man, I'm an Eagle Scout. And the scout master looked at me and was like, sure you're an Eagle Scout. And so when you become an Eagle Scout, you get a card. Like it's, it's, you know, we call it like your little platinum card, but you get like a little card that says like, you know, your name, you know, Eagle Scout. And Mm -hmm. I pulled out my card and like showed them I was an Eagle Scout. And look on their faces were kind of like, oh, okay. And they just kind of walked away. Um, And so I've I've operated in that space. I mean, you asked like, how was it like? Um, Man, it was dope. I I had, I mean, I was a product of a a black troop in Southeast called 1650. And it was Mm -hmm. one of the strongest troops. I mean, we broke down barriers. I I was the 25th Eagle Scout. um, And there were many, many of them behind me. Um, And so we just always were in spaces where people kind of looked at us very strange, like we didn't exist. And we had to then prove ourselves. So like, um, in the Boy Scouts, there's something called like high adventure camp. So like the basic camp is like going to Goshen. So like if you're like a Boy Scout, Cub Scout, everyone goes to like Goshen. Well, high adventure is like where you go to like hiking in the Adirondacks, which I did. Some of my friends went to Philmont, New Mexico, where you get like a 50 mile afloat badge where you're like hiking 50 miles. Mm. Um, I also went to like Florida Sea Base. I did that where like literally you're on your own like island and you hike and fish and do things like that, man. But um, but Boy Scouts, man, it really, um, it really saved my life. I mean, it's unfortunate now that there's such a negative stigma around, around what the scouting program is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, of course, man, we, um, I didn't have those horror stories of, of, of having to worry about my scout masters coming in my tent or anything crazy like that. We were just all boys who needed an outlet. I mean, we, of course, didn't tell anybody we were in the Boy Scouts, you know, three of my, three of my boys from high school, we're all Eagle Scouts. And they're like, and every Saturday, we, on Friday, we see each other, we like, yo, you going to the organization? They're like, yeah, we'll, I'll see you tonight. I'll see you at the organization. And everybody's like, what's the organization? We're like, oh, girl, don't worry about it. It's the organization. Uh-huh. And so, um, I mean, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing to know um, that, you know, like the skills that I learned, I, I didn't have to worry about like, you know, fear on a level of, of living in an inner city and, and living in Southeast is, is totally different. Mm-hmm. There's a whole different level of fear when you're like 
out in the wilderness by yourself and you're trying to figure out something. You know, you learn confidence about yourself. You learn like, wow, like I can do this. Like this is this is crazy. Like what's really going on? Um, but also ultimately, you know, you learn, you get culture, man. You you get humbled. Um, one of the stories that uh I will never forget, I guess it's my first like microaggression racism experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in uh, upstate New York hiking in Cr- Cranberry Lake. And uh, me and uh, me and my man Sherman, we're in the canoe. We're, we're you know we're we're canoeing, and these two little kids come up to us, two little white kids, and they're like, "Look, mommy, brown people." And I honestly believe they never saw black people before. And so it, we <laughs> laugh, we bust out laughing. We're like, "Yo, this is funny," mm-hmm. um, but on a consistent basis, like we had to fight or had to like not necessarily like physically fight, but we had to show, we had to, we had to take up space and we had to show people that like, Hey, we weren't just a troop, let alone a black troop. And then they find out we're from the inner city and they're like, nah, you guys don't know your stuff. And then right. we're getting merit badges and we're doing what we do. And then when they let, they, they find out you're an Eagle Scout, it's a beautiful feeling. It really is. That's dope. I, being, you know, um, I got folks from Southeast, uh, you know, my, my kid's mom and, mm-hmm. You know, I, I've spent some time working there and, and still do indirectly, um, you know, just going around the streets and, and everything. Um, being born and raised there as you were and you see what it is today. How do you how do you balance just doing your job, seeing the youth of your neighborhood and what's going on yeah. and just how the world is working? How do you bring all of that home and just live and then what do you see for the future of southeast yeah so in true transparency man um i was fortunate enough to actually buy my mom's house so i still live in southeast uh i've recently you know i've worked my last school was in southeast like i've worked a part of a lot of large part of my educational experience has been here um i love being from southeast i think that there is such a negative stigma associated with my side of the city uh, and I laugh because I remember having people tell me like, hey, man, you know, you're from Southeast. Like, I never come to your house. Oh, really? Right. And then they come over and they're like, whoa, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, Marion Berry used to live right there. Like <laughs> the former mayor lives back there. Like mm-hmm. and they're like, this can't be Southeast. I'm like, believe it or not, there are well to do families. There are middle class <laughs> families who live in Southeast like we exist. Right. Um, and so. A part of what you said, EJ, like, I remember coming home from college and getting that stare, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but you 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 deal with that whole, like, oh, you think you're better than me. You, you know, you think you're better than us because you went to school. Um, and I've had friends who were, you know, in jail, um, good friends, you know, like, hung tight, protected me, you know, through, through you know, scraps and everything else and they just chose a different path um and so yeah like I I can remember moments of coming home and people gritting on me looking me up and down like you know who are you and I'm like brother I live here like I was here before you uh and I've been here I'll be here after you right um and then having them realize like oh the same situation the guys were like oh you know I don't know you and the guy who his boss it's like, Bruce, what up? I'm like, what up, man? Pat <laughs> me up. And then the guy looks at me like, oh, what's up, man? I'm like, nah, you ain't want to say nothing to me two <laughs> seconds ago. Like, I, I know your man, right? Um, right. 
And so with um with South, with the new Southeast and with with the gentrification that's going on, man, um, you know, I kind of feel two ways about it, honestly. Um, I'm proud to be where I'm from. I will never forget where I'm from. That's why I chose to stay here and build. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is it heartbreaking? Absolutely, man. Um, it's hard to know that like my people can't even afford the houses. Uh, you know, I, I used to say all the time, I was like, yo, don't sell don't sell mama's house or grandmother's either, right? Because that's 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 the that's what we live, right? Um, but DC is changing, man. Uh to be a native Washingtonian is 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 it's like again, it's it's an enigma, it's a unicorn. It, it doesn't exist. Like you're like, what? Like you're not from DC. I'm like, yes, I'm from here. Like I so to still be here, I never thought I would be here. I never thought I would still be in Southeast. I thought that I was supposed to go to North Carolina. I'm gonna go down there with my family. So to still be here is um, is a purpose, man. I don't I don't know what it is, um, but to be able to identify with kids, let alone clients mm-hmm. who look like me, who sound like me, uh, and then they don't realize because I'm not necessarily speaking slang, and then I. Then I, you know, I break my code and, cool and, and, and yeah, I cool switch on them, you know, and I let them know, like, hold up, <laughs> let, let me let you know. Uh, and um, that's been that's been great. So I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it at all. That's dope, man. Speaking to the different dualities of things and, you know, and, and it's funny because you did mention that, you know, I remember my first time going down there and saying, you know, it kind of looks like where I came from, which you know, when we moved from uh, New York City to Nassau County in the black areas look very similar to uh, Southeast to me, yeah. um, we might have like more buildings and things like that. And it's just speaking to that part where I remember this stretch of houses where it was not here and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing the price tags go up and seeing white folk like driving through the Southeast and looking at white folks, look at you like, what are you doing here? Absolutely. You know, when my, pe- <laughs> my people's family been over there for, you know, 30 plus 40 years, you know, and, and just you talking about that transition to coming home. You know, I went, I went to Delaware state. I never went back home, you know, I, I literally just didn't, I might've popped in and out, you know? So, I mean, that, that you hit that right on the head. And I think, you know, that's important for uh, young brothers to kind of understand that you know what, you don't have to be, you could be from there, like your mom said, but you don't have to be a part of it or a part of, what was that? Yeah, it's, it was like, you know, you can be from South, you know, you can be from Southeast. You're not from, of Southeast. Probably of Southeast, right. Right, right, right. right. Absolutely. That's dope. Uh, thank you, you know, just, just kind of hearing your story, um, hearing your, you know, your experiences. Um, now you said, you know, Virginia State was the first uh, school that accepted Mm-hmm. except you so yeah. you just went with the first option yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i know it was like last minute but like that you ain't even give no you ain't give nothing else to try nah, listen listen so i um i in my mind honestly i wanted to go to unc chapel hill right so, okay like, got I, you. I was applying to unc chapel hill in march when the application deadline was February and I needed a 3 <laughs> and I ain't even had it, right? Gotcha. So um, I thought that I wanted to go to, you know, North Carolina. Like, I just want to be in the great state of North Carolina. Like I said, my family's from there. You know, my mom is from there. Um, my dad is from here. And uh, so I got accepted in several other schools, like South Carolina State, Elizabeth City, um, Cheney. Um, where else? I think I did not... Uh, 
I can't remember everywhere else, but essentially mm. like Virginia State was at the time, like like literally like my first acceptance. And I just thought that, hey man, like if DC is giving in-state tuition to Virginia schools and Maryland mm-hmm. schools, like it would, you know, I'd be stupid to go anywhere else. And it was far enough away, you know, I, again, I was one, I was that kid that wasn't, that didn't think enough of him to be able to say like, hey, you can, you can make it, you can go to school. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was intelligent. Like I thought, I, I didn't even realize how smart I was until I went to school. Like yeah. if that, I don't know how crazy that sounds, but like I can remember like sitting in class oh. and the first question was, does anyone know what a thesis statement is? And I was the first person to raise my hand. And mm. once I realized that people were looking at me, I was like, oh, this is going to be a breeze. <laughs> I, my, my, I, you know, and I didn't realize how prepared I was for college. So mm. for me, it was like, I got into college and um, I had a father who told me, boy, you know, you barely made it out of high school. You need to go into the military. Mm. Mm. Point blank, period. And so I made a decision right then and there. I was like, oh, I got you. I'm proving you wrong. And so my thing was to graduate on time and graduate with honors. Mm. I missed honors by a fraction of a point, literally a fraction, 2.995. Got <laughs> a C in a class for no reason. I still to this day, I tried to hunt the lady down. Like, how do I get a C? Uh, but, uh, but that was my motivation. And so I actually made better grades in college than I did in high school. And that's what I tell the kids that I serve all the time. I'm like, man, if I can go to school, brother, let alone go back and get somebody's masters. Psh, mm. Like you can do it, man. It's it's all of it's all a matter of perspective, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Dwayne, did you have that experience coming from from Dunbar, like not knowing that, or or did they prepare you, or did you did you you know did you have that similar experience? I feel I had the same similar experiences, Bruce, or not same similar I mean, experience. I, I mean, pretty much. Like I mean, like the way I found my college, it. Uh, it was like a brochure and it, and it got his office. It said Waynesburg College. I was like, oh, Waynesburg. Oh, let me <laughs> let me apply. <laughs> and, and for me, one of the things I was trying to get away from Baltimore, um, number, I did I, like I wanted to go to Morgan, but I didn't want to go to Morgan because, I, you know, everybody felt like, oh, Morgan is like the 13th grade. Like that ain't make sense. Like you're, you're in high school. Of course, that don't, it don't make sense now. But, you know, you just know it was, you know, that's where everybody went. And I, I wanted to kind of get away, get a different experience. I mean, that's kind of how I found it. I found my college. And, you know, I didn't feel uh, equipped to go to college. Mm -hmm. I just know I had to, I just know I had to do it. Um, You know, being kind of like the first one in my family to kind of go straight from high school to college and, you know, finish. Like my grandmother, she actually went back to school and finished like maybe like a month before I finished my degree. Um, So, but, but it was just like, you know, I, I, I had to finish no matter what, you know, I, even when I wanted to, like my freshman year, I was going to throw it all away and try to get, join the military. Um, oh, I, ca- I called the military. Listen, now this has never happened in life before. I called the military, <laughs> sent them emails and nobody responded. <laughs> uh, you, you better not share that. They're going to come back to you. <laughs> They're like, oh, we, we, we got you. We got your voicemail. We got your email. Listen, uh, it's not too late. <laughs> listen, I, like that for me was like a sign like, uh, nah, you uh, you, you, you got to stick it out and you got to st- stick with it. So for me, you know, I didn't feel equipped. I didn't feel ready. I just know for internally um, for for my family, for my for my children, 
Um, yes. You know, I wanted to kind of set that example and just kind of say, all right, I want to finish school. You know, I, if I had, if I could do it again, I probably, I would have stayed in state and, you know, um, and could the student loans is what, you know, what hurt me. Uh, Cause yeah. you know, they don't really tell you about that. And I ain't know nothing about it. Like I pretty, my mom didn't know how to fill out a, you know, FAFSA. My dad ain't know how to do it. You know, he went to the military. So I'm, I'm kind of on my own. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking big loans. <laughs> give me all of it. Yeah. I'll be all right. Yeah. Not knowing like, Oh, you got to pay that back. So that's probably, you know, uh, that's probably the only thing I would change, but you know what it did, it, it gave me experience that I, you know, that I wanted, you know, I got away from Baltimore. I was able to go travel the world, go to different countries, do different community service projects. Um, so it, you know, it, it kind of enlightened me. Um, and then like, every time I would come home, you know, like, I always felt like, you know, I felt like it was getting worse, but I felt like I could be that change that kind of helped and, and, and do something. So that's, yeah. that's one of the things that I, you know, I always struggle with when I came home from college, just like, Hey, like it ain't getting no better. Like, how, how can we, you know, what can I do to help? So, Absolutely. you know, that, that was kind of like my drive to kind of finish, um, you know, and, 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 and come home and try to make the change that, you know, that need to be done. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I found it interesting that Bruce said that because, you know, I can recall my freshman year and experiencing, you know, being an English one-on-one and, you know, being the only guy getting eggs and like, damn, you know, but I didn't really, I, you know, in, in high school, I mean, had it not been for sports, I probably would not have graduated at all. Mm -hmm. I was cutting, I was, you know, getting into all type of nonsense and, you know, but I, I had to sit down and figure it out. And then when I got there, like Bruce said, I was like, damn, you know, I can do this, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just weird to me, you know, to we all from different places, but had that similar experience. And I think this is something, you know, that we can reflect on. And now in part, like Bruce is saying into the younger kids to say, you can do this and then it's attainable, you know? Yeah. So I commend you, Bruce, for doing that and having that foresight to understand. Yeah. And one, one of the things that, uh, that kind of stuck out to me as I was growing up is that I really didn't, like my first male teacher was a gym teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like my, like I never had, I think my first like little like subject male, like male black teacher was I got to college and he, you know he was teaching me intro to social work. I mean that was a master's program. Yeah. So you know that I think that always that that always stuck with me too because like you know there was nobody there. You know of course you had the women. It was a lot of women teachers. Black when you know they you know they gonna mother you. They gonna all right baby I know you can do better. Uh you know I'm gonna try to help you out. <laughs> but you know it was never that strong like male figure. Like all right you know let me let me pull you to the side. Let me talk to you. I mean, and and I think that's you know that's just the experience, and that's that's the experience that I had, and I'm and hopefully, you know, that experience is, is changing, you know, because we've had a few educators uh, come on, and it's just you know it's just good to see, you know, that they that the kids won't experience the same thing I experienced. Yeah, I was I was blessed enough to have. I mean, I can remember he wasn't even my teacher, but an old school guy. His name was Mr. Heath. And he taught pre-K. I mean, you talking about kindergarten cop before it was kindergarten cop. <laughs> I mean, he wore like a he wore like it was the it was it wasn't a camo one, but it was like basically the camo style shirt every day, you know. But it was like yellow, and he would just walk around and he would be on the bullhorn and all that. I can remember in middle school, I had like one um, 
one teacher, Mr. Bickerstaff. I had a couple male teachers, Mr. Bickerstaff. He he made a makeshift fraternity, and we gripped him up. You know, I, I, today, I don't know. I don't know what he was. I'm I'm assuming he was he was the good brothers. I'm hoping he was an alpha. I'm assuming that. Was in, my, in, my, in my heart, I want to make sure. I'm like yo, he, he was crap. Um, but yeah, you know, we we claim him. We we gonna claim him. So uh, <laughs> we don't. But in in high school, I didn't have any right. Gotcha. And so um, to speak to your point, Dwayne, like yeah. Yeah, like recently I had an experience where um, ironically today I was walking in the park and some lady looked at me and I looked at her and she's like, are you, you know, Mr. Holmes used to teach at, at, at this school? And I was like, yeah. And and she's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm such and such as parent. And I'm like, I didn't remember the kid, but I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and my craziest experience is uh, I was working at a school and I'm looking at this lady and I'm like, Yo, that security guard looks familiar. I was like, I know that security guard. I was like, I used to teach that security guard. Like, and everyone thought I was wow. playing. They was like, Man, you crazy. You ain't you ain't teach this girl, right? Mm -hmm. So she walks over to me. She said, Hey, you know what? She's like, Can I talk to you for a second? I was like, Yeah, how you doing? She's like, Yo, you remind me, oh my God, of my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Holmes. He had locks, da 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 da. I was like, How you doing, Valencia? She was like, Mr. <laughs> and we took a picture but it was so dope because i was like yo that was part of my first class like mm. that was my first class i was 22 <laughs> like straight out of college like wet behind the ears like uh and so um to your point i don't think that there are going to be a lot of like unfortunately just because of how the system is mm. you know black men in education are being pushed out um because we're not really seeing i, I saw an article about that like we're not like the pay uh, and, and what we have to deal with and being in education, honestly, sometimes it's not really, it's not really, <laughs> it's not really worth it sometimes. I mean, you really, to be a teacher, you have to be in it for the heart. Like you're not in it for the money. People can say all they want. Oh, y'all got summers off. I'm like, but bro, you know the work that we do to 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 get to that summer. When you get your summer off, you're like, oh my god. And I and I hope like during this pandemic that parents understand. Look, I'm a parent myself. I got two boys, and even <laughs> I was like, Lord, if y'all don't get your bus to school, trying to do work and still trying to make sure that they on Zoom and then still sit there and do my, I was like, yo, this, I can't do it. But I really pray and I hope that parents now understand. Like, I hope there'll be a little less curse outs. Uh, <laughs> there'll be a little bit more empathy uh, when it comes to when schools officially, officially, and we're all back in, uh, that they understand that they had a year. <laughs> they, they had about, a, about a, at least a year of, of dealing with it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully cool. some humble power was added. Hopefully. So cool. We want to we want to uh, thank you again for joining us and just kind of sharing your story. Definitely appreciate it. Uh, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave, uh, turn it over to you to give the last. You know, give some some parting words. So you know, anybody, if you want to provide some encouraging words, anybody who might be watching, um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Then I'll close out. Sure. Um. Yeah. So <sighs> encouraging words to people, man. Um. Look, we are all trying to figure it out in life. Um, we all don't have the answers. My mm -hmm. favorite theorist is a guy by the name of Sonny Hansen. He said, man, life is like a patchwork quilt. There's some big, there's some big shapes. There's some big patches. There's some little patches. There are patches that are ugly. Some that we feel like don't fit, but sewed all together, they make a beautiful quilt. And I think that when you think about life, um, just know that like everyone you see, don't get caught up in the end 
right? Like no one on social media tells their whole story. Mm -hmm. You see the end result, but you don't know the journey. You don't know the journey it takes to get to where all of us are, right? And so people have overcome a lot of obstacles just to be where they are. Um, and anyone is able to do it. It's just a matter of perspective. It's a matter of positive thinking, man. And it's, I really believe in a law of attraction. We have what we say. And so when it comes to, uh, to that, also when it comes to mental health, it's okay to have a pastor and a therapist. Um, I, I, I need to repeat that again. It's okay to have a pastor and a therapist. Um, we, I, I'm, I'm try, trying hard and I appreciate you guys too um, for the work that you all do as well. Trying to fight the stigma of, of blacks and mental health like that we don't exist, that we don't go to therapy, right? And so I wanna make sure that we remember to normalize um, therapy and to know that therapy is it's just a conversation. Um, we have desensitized therapy to the point where we think that therapy is only for white folks. We say those things, people are like, oh, you, you, I, that's why I don't tell people I'm a therapist because the first question is what, you're gonna psychoanalyze me, right? Uh, and you're like, oh, come on, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just talking to you, man. I'm right, just right. having a conversation. But we need to normalize um, the conversations of saying like, listen, like, just try it, man. Like, I encourage my people, man, try therapy, man. It's not bad, we don't bite. Uh, it's people that look like you. It's people who deal with the same issues that you're dealing with. We just chose to go to school, have a little bit more education, and the world deems that we can tell you about yourselves. <laughs> it's not us judging you. It's not us trying to dictate what's in your life. It's us just being a listening ear that, that you don't have to worry about, and someone's not going to come back to you and say, well, I heard you said this, or da-da-da-da. No. Um, and so if I can leave that, man, and just know that it doesn't matter where you're from, man. Um, it, mm -hmm. it, it matters, you know, where you're going um, and what you do it. Everything I do, I do for my boys. I do for my kids. <laughs> I wasn't even supposed to get a master's degree, man. Um, and so if I can do that in the you know, I went to, to get a master's degree to save my marriage. And mm -hmm. unfortunately that didn't happen, right? Um, and so I tell people all the time, man, if I can do it, you can do it. It's just all a matter of belief, believe in yourself your faith, whatever your religion is or preference is. Um, but just knowing, man, that like there's somebody out there that's waiting for you. You're somebody's unanswered prayer. And if you stop in the middle of what you're doing now, you're gonna miss out on blessing someone else because that my friends is why we're here. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to bless other people. All right, and on that note, we're gonna close out. Thank you for joining us on other five second black male where we survive stigmas. <laughs> Surviving stigma standards and systems. Once again, thank you, Bruce, for uh coming in and just kind of sharing a little bit of your life and sharing your story and sharing your heart um for for education and for helping others. And we want to thank you for that. Thank you, EJ. Uh, thank you, uh, our sponsor, Jay Pope and Associates. Uh, for this opportunity to kind of put this uh, platform out there and to continue to celebrate African-American men and their stories. So once again, make sure you follow us on uh, on all social media outlets, on Instagram, on um, you can follow on Facebook under uh, Jay Pope and Associates. Um, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs>